In this episode, we explore the movement of Mercury direct, Saturn retrograde, and the moon's waxing to the super full moon in Sagittarius, and how this energy will translate, culminating with a journey through the Earth's Akasha. Let's tune in. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective, and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Greetings and gratitudes. Welcome back to another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. I'm so grateful to circle up with you in this time, in these times, these potent, potent times of radical transformation. We are all in the cauldron of transformation. We are all in the season of Gemini. In this liminal space, we are amidst our own personal metamorphosis as we journeyed through in episode 52. And the butterfly medicine is abound as today Mercury has stationed direct. I'm recording this on Venus Day, June 3rd. 
beginning at 10.42 a.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time. And we have the, the moon in Cancer coming to oppose Pluto retrograde in Capricorn. And Venus is in her home sign of Taurus on this Venus day. So it's a, it's a luscious day. And also, as Mercury has just stationed direct, I know that it was a bumpy ride yesterday and Thursday, and perhaps today it's a little bumpy for you as well. So just be patient out there as Mercury is finding it, his journey as Tahuti, as Thoth, as the the master creator. And um, this whole Gemini season, as I explained in episode 452, is really a time of great liminality with Mercury in the shadow of retrograde all the way up until June 19th. So even though Mercury has stationed direct today at 26 degrees Taurus, five arc minutes, we're still working through the layers and there's so much to receive from that scorpion tail of the dragon's south node with the eclipse we had in the middle of May. And that began with the partial solar eclipse in Taurus at the be- at the end of April. So this is a potent time. As we've been living in potent times, it just continues. And I was recently watching once again The Dark Crystal with some beloved friends, soul family, and my daughter. And Jem Henson's The Dark Crystal, the movie that was created in 1982 with the Frouds. The Frouds helped make these most magical puppets. If you have not seen this film, I really encourage you to take a look at it in this month, this month of June. I think it's a it's a real kind of phenomenal time to step into story medicine on a deeper level. And the dark crystal carries such beautiful threads. And I know each one of us, we're weaving the threads of our lives in in interesting ways. And perhaps there are twists and turns that we're a bit surprised about. I know I've had my fair share of them as well. And as I'm recording this, I am getting ready to pilgrim to Egypt once more with a group of beautiful, beautiful women. And I'm just feeling so honored to be able to do this work. And open up these spaces and be in these potent lands on the earth with the Netaru and with the the amazing temples that were built with so much love. So, so very much love that that resound today through time and space. Even despite the chaos, you can go in these temples and you can receive the codes that were left for us, I think on some level for these times. And that's why I talk about this ancient future wisdom that we're weaving. And this episode is dedicated to how to be a holy vessel in these times. And we're going to be doing some threading and weaving as we journey. And I also want to say, 
I will be recording, inshallah, as we say in Egypt, inshallah, uh, episode 54 and 55 this weekend as well. And they'll be dispersed to you like drops of homeopathic remedy throughout the summer as to be expected on the those air dates, those Venus dates every other Friday. But I just want you to know I'm I'm recording them before I depart because I've learned that once I'm on the road, I'm not so able to sit down in this way. And therefore those next two episodes are gonna be unique. We'll see what comes through with them. I'm doing my best to to keep it shorter with them. So just bear with me as uh, as I'm journeying, I'm pilgriming, and upon my return home in, in mid-July and when, when the next episode lands, bear with me as I get settled and also know that these journeys are, they're sacred medicine work and they give me an opportunity to connect with the land and really refill my own vessel so that I can come back home and gather in my closet in this sacred space with my ancestral altar and share with you in the ways that I'm able to, which is such a gift. And I've been receiving so many beautiful messages from people lately about how this podcast helps them to feel seen in these times and seen and heard. And so I just bow to each one of you. This is the prayer, the intention of these weavings. And I think if you've been listening for some time, you know by now that is like what I devote so much into in the creation of these podcasts and and the transmission of them and the way that they land on your own ears. I also want to speak to a piece of the medicine work that I've been learning a lot about really since 2016. It's been coming more clear. And it's something that I'm I'm working to consciously put the signature of in, in my own work more and more is that we are all artists. Every single one of us on planet Earth, you're an artist, you're a creator, you're a creatrix. And I've spoken about this in some of my earlier episodes. You can go back and you can you can hear me talking about how in the Aquarian age, we're all entrepreneurs, we're all leaders, how we need your gifts to be delivered here and now for these times, like literally for these times, it's non-negotiable. Everyone on planet Earth has a unique form of medicine and we need your medicine. And I want you each to know that my intention when I share my creativity is to inspire your own commitment to your creative expression. I mention that because we are working with light and shadow all of the time. And sometimes there can be a lot of envy or jealousy when we see people creating things and we're not doing it ourselves. And I feel like in the social media landscape, you know, there's this push to go viral and be seen and like have everyone heart your thing and to f- receive that that dose of endorphins that one gets from like 
however many notifications, you know, whatever the threshold is for your own psyche. And in many ways, that is a training that is, to me, very much like the Hunger Games. We create art because we that is what we do. <laughs> that is what we're here to do as humans. And that is why, for me, I dedicate my work to Venus, the elder sister of Earth, because my chart is ruled by Venus and I work hand in hand with Venus. And I've consciously been doing this for many years before we had all of these uh, different people doing the the Venus work, which I love. There's more of the Venus work. It's great and it's absolutely needed. But there's parts of the spiritual identity that have become really hip and cool and like a commodity. And the truth is, is that what we're working with here is sacred. And yes, anything can be commodified. And we have to be really clear about what our intentions are, the frequency that we're coming from, and what we're creating and why we're putting things out. And that's why for me, I feel like really since the pandemic, I mean, you can go back and see pre-pandemic. I used to be pretty good about posting regularly on social media and staying up in in those ways. And I've had little spurts since 2020. However, I'm, I have a hard time being consistent on social media. And my consistency comes through these podcasts. It comes through my weekly Venusian love notes. It comes through the ways I show up in my sessions and the classes that I teach, both in person in my local community in Appalachia and online, and the events and the women's councils and the pilgrimages. For me, that is that is where it is most important to express these sacred temple arts. That's why I call this earth seed temple arts. These are sacred priestess arts for the Aquarian age. I believe we want to utilize the the tools of social media and whatever other tools that are available for us. And I also believe we want to be really clear about our frequency at all times. That is what is the most transparent in the Aquarian age. We are leaving the age of information where there was a time in the Piscean age where you were blessed if you received one meditation. You were blessed if you found your teacher. And then if you did, perhaps after studying with this teacher for a sad amount of years, you you might have received one single meditation. It was the age of information and sort of that theme of parent-child, master-student, authority versus the public. As we're shifting into the Aquarian age, this is the age of humanity and understanding that each one of us are these beautiful cells, these individual cells that create Terra Gaia and the landscape of the earth and the consciousness of this planet and also the consciousness of the galaxies because we are limitless and we are made of stardust and we absolutely come from various starseed nations. And I believe all of this is so important for these times and also 
I think what is most important is that we understand there's a great, great transformation happening on earth right now. I was given a vision this week. I had um, an unexpected uh, surgical situation that happened, and it ended up being a very healing opportunity for me where something was removed from my body that was carrying the jing, the essence of there was a there was a part of poison in there, we could say, from one of my family lines from many, many generations. And so this this part of my body needed to be extracted. It needed to come out. And as it was released, it came out really beautifully. Everything happened in such a high and ceremonial way. I felt so, so blessed. And this is part of how we can work with the Mercury ret- retrograde in a good way, because I've been sharing with you all for many episodes how liminal these times are, and they're ceremonial, and they're sacred. We don't always understand how they're going to land, but if we're present to the moment in our frequency, we can have a high experience. And as this part of my body was removed, and as you've heard me speak in the labyrinth of the eclipses, episode 51, about the Scorpio total lunar eclipse, that dragon's tail, there was an opportunity to clear timelines of over 26,000 years ago. And there's still time to do that clearing. So fear not. (laughs) You are in the hands of the great galactic high ones. And there is always time. (laughs) I think as humans, the thing we tend to create the most obstacles around us thinking that we're out of time, there's not enough time, we're behind time, we're going to fail with time. And that creates a pressure and that creates a hardness. And we want to learn how to soften more. So when we have these retrograde periods, ultimately, it gives us an opportunity to soften more. And as this part of my body was removed, this jing, this essence, it is offering an opportunity to create a massive, massive, massive healing. And so perhaps you too have some sort of story like this. So when I was taking a rest on that day, part of what I received was a, a, a transmission that you have to understand I've been kind of raised in the New Age movement since my tween years. And I share that because it gives a a baseline to understand where I come from. I'm a very, I really respect academia and I have a very strong academic leaning. And I've also been in a lot of spiritual communities and I've, I've been raised around new age jargon and books and all the self-help modalities and been eating organic and using natural soaps since I was a tween. These things are not hip or cool for me. They're they're like a baseline normality on some level. And I don't share that to say that I'm more superior than others who find this out later in life. It's not about that. It's to give 
where we come from creates who we are in this moment on some level or another. Even as we shift and transition through time and space, our our stories are part of what bring us to the now moment. And so I remember at a young age reading about this concept that at some point the poles of the earth were going to shift. And it's something I've been waiting for my whole entire life. I remember when I was like 15, I was like, come on, can't we just go ahead and like have this great awakening already? Like, why am I still going to high school? (laughs) Uh, And so I really believe and what part of what I received this week was that the poles of the earth are literally in the process of shifting now. That is why since particularly we could say since 2018, 2019, we've seen a ramping up of the polarity of people on the planet. So as the poles are shifting, the polarity of the collective is also shifting. And you've probably noticed this in your life where people that you never thought you would be aligned with, you're feeling more aligned with these days. And people who you always thought you might be aligned with, you're feeling less aligned with. And part of what I was shown in this vision, because I was in a real kind of altered space from having this extraction and just really having a big kind of opening and a lot of healing energy moving through my body. It's it's that we need to be very patient right now and, and compassionate. One of the five sutras of the Aquarian age is that to understand the times through compassion. Otherwise, you literally misunderstand everything. We have to approach every human, even those who perhaps trigger us the most, with such great compassion. Now, that doesn't mean we let them walk all over us. We're a doormat. No, you hold your boundaries, but your heart stays soft, right? We don't harden our hearts and create more hatred just because people are confused and repeating age-old cycles. So the poles of the earth are shifting. The polarity of the earth is shifting. And that is part of the reason, and I believe the Uranian and Taurus energy is is one of the massive liberators of this because Uranian energy, it's maverick liberation, genius solution. And in Taurus, especially Taurus being, I think, the most, it's a fixed earth sign. And Taurus is also ruled by Venus. So it's the most kind of like earthly embodied placement that we could have for the Uranian energy to really shift the poles of the earth, right? So we're going through this massive transformation. It is why these times feel so radical and absolutely chaotic some days, right? Like it's like everything is like a ping pong ball or pinball machine. You just don't know each day how things are going to land. And again, I've been speaking about all of this through so many episodes and through so many of my teachings just in hopes that you have a daily practice, that you're taking good care of your nervous system, you're staying hydrated, you're nourished, you're eating good food, you're getting outside. For many of us, 
as we're going into summer here in the Northern Hemisphere, if you can walk barefoot in nature, it's one of the most efficient and practical ways to ground your body and to reset your nervous system as are cold plunges and baths and showers. So today, as we know, Mercury has stationed direct, but yet, as I mentioned, will still be in the shadow until June 19th, and that will be when Mercury comes to four degrees, 51 arc minutes Gemini. So at that point, Mercury has cleared the shadow because Mercury went retrograde on May 10th at four degrees, 51 arc minutes and entered the shadow, the front end of the shadow on April 26th. That was right before the April 30th partial solar eclipse. So as Mercury has gone direct, it's at 27 degrees Taurus, and this is all about how can we adapt peacefully to the collective needs? How do we function within a culture to bring our own inner peace and our own inner contentment to the forefront? This is very, very important. This upcoming Saturday on the 4th of June, Saturn stations, re- stations retrograde at 5.47 a.m. That's at 25 degrees, 15 arc minutes Aquarius. Saturn will be the second planet that we have retrograde as we have Pluto retrograde. And this is about the time where more and more planets will start to shift, more of those outer planets will start to shift retrograde. I just want to speak very briefly. We'll go more in depth in later episodes about the upcoming retrogrades of the fall. However, just to give you a sense, we do have two more Mercury retrogrades. We um, have one around fall equinox. We have one in December. We have a Mars retrograde in Gemini, which is going to be pretty um, hardy, so to speak. We have more eclipses around Samhain. So the tail end of the year could feel a little bumpy in different capacities. And it's important that you're like just pacing yourself, understanding this is a marathon we're in. It's not a sprint. We need to nourish. And we, in order to go the distance, it's important to take good rest and to kind of have a sense of what's coming at least four months out so that you're really working with the energy consciously. So as Saturn goes retrograde on Saturn Day, Saturday, in Aquarius at about 26 degrees Aquarius, This is an opportunity to reflect inward, to look at where is Saturn in your chart from about 20 to 26 degrees Aquarius to see what house is being most activated for you. And also to understand that this retrograde period will on some level, not fully, but we could say on a on a vibrational level, slightly activate that Saturn Uranus square that we had experienced a multiple of times in 2021 between Uranus and Taurus and Saturn and Aquarius. And that was where collectively we were feeling that real kind of dance and um, concern around 
our collective health and rules and regulations and governments and uh, you know what what is safe for people, what is not, what should be imposed upon people, what should be left for freedom. So there's just a dance where we're coming back into that energy a little bit. And you might see it resurface in your personal life. That is one thing to tune into. So in order to prepare for that, just check out where Uranus is in your chart. That would be roughly about 16, 17 degrees Taurus and where Aquarius is. And that is an area that that offers a theme that you've been working with pretty heartily, (laughs) definitely in 2021, since the end of 2020. On the 7th of June, we come on that Tuesday to a first quarter moon in Virgo. And that is a week out since we experienced the Gemini new moon. Therefore, if you have not yet set your new moon intentions around your own personal metamorphosis, I invite you to absolutely tune into episode 52, You Are a Hologram for the Collective, and also, you know, take the time to really vision what you want to be seeding and creating and honor where you are in this in this process of metamorphosis and that it's not a linear process. So the first quarter moon is always a time to really vision, to clear the obstacles, to begin to weed your garden. You can start to see what decisions are going to be necessary to move your intentions forward, where you need to take action and where you need to withdraw as well. On Monday, Monday, the 13th of June, Mercury enters back into its home sign of Gemini. And this is a beautiful day to prepare for the upcoming full moon. And perhaps this evening, observe the full moon in the sky as we have a Sagittarius super full moon on Tuesday, the 14th of July, that's 7.52 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And this full moon is at 23 degrees, 25 arc minutes Sagittarius with the Gemini sun at 23 degrees, 25 arc minutes. And as in any full moon situation, the sun and the moon oppose. They sit directly across from one another on the zodiacal wheel and they're making um, interesting aspects. They're they're squaring Neptune in Pisces, and we've been through so much with Neptune in Pisces in 2022, as we had that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, and then the Mars-Neptune conjunction. And this square with this full moon is bringing us to this moment to ask each one of us to ask you, what is your dream? What blocks you from seeing, from realizing this dream with great clarity? And what are you going to do about it? It's up to you to move the energy forward. And Saturn is working with the sun and the moon to help that motion. And remember Saturn's retrograde by this point. So 
this full moon as the sun is in the sign of the lovers, of butterfly medicine, of the storyteller, of the trickster, and the moon is in that adventurous, freedom-seeking, passionate-driven sign that the Sagittarius moon is coming to approach the galactic center and will have just traced over the great attractor. And there is a beautiful opportunity to work with some of these galactic cosmic frequencies with this full moon in particular. The Sabian symbol for 24 degrees Sagittarius is a bluebird perched on the gate of a cottage. This is about the reward which meets each and every effort of integration into a social environment for those who remain true to themselves. The bluebird could be seen as a symbol of happiness and also a spiritually oriented mind. Whereas the cottage symbolizes what it is, what it means to be a part of a community, to be a part of a network, a neighborhood where everyone is adapted to the life and the vitality, the, the harmony, the love, the beauty of the community. The star sparks for 24 degrees Sagittarius is a statue of Isis covered by a transparent veil. The Divine Mother allows each one of us a pathway to restore life to her or the original blueprint of humanity. This Divine Mother essence lives within you. As you uncover her in your midst, you realize why you are here and how you may tap into the mystery and the magic of this early existence through great abundance and generosity. We are poised here on the edge between the contemplative and the active modes of being. First, you must be drawn within to become able to honor what the culture has forgotten and what you yourself have virtually done away with. We have lost and forgotten so much, truly. I mean, just take a look around at culture and civilization in 2022. And we have turned ourselves into ones who are almost numb to the very treasures within. To merge with the mother's light and breath, we will perhaps feel called out with even a greater fervor and passion to the quest. For this is the kind of sacred mystery that wishes to become more open, more free, that wishes to pour out everywhere. As one is spontaneous and natural in letting the mother through, the full circle will be aligned with source. A deep immersion is necessary, one that is flowing and fluent in the mysteries of life, to gather the sacred, secret ingredient that turns each situation from mundane to extraordinary and inwardly alive, to be a vessel, to be a holy vessel. She, her, this great feminine force, this great feminine frequency needs vessels for these instincts a feeling, a wise remembrance. If we take her with us, she will take us all the way through. 
I love this symbol of Isis covered with a veil. And this is near and dear to my heart as I will be in the midst of my seventh pilgrimage to Kemet, to Egypt, on this super full moon. And I will be in the land of Luxor, a beautiful, beautiful land in Upper Egypt that is near and dear to my heart with amazing sisterhood and priestesshood. And I just want to honor that as I'm sitting here in this moment in preparation and also threading myself back through other times and spaces and the sanctity, the ways that the layers get woven. And it makes me think about the Nakata, uh, beautiful, beautiful artwork. And I, I spoke about this in episode 17. I spoke uh, quite a lot, actually, in episode 17 about the great conjunction. So I had a part one and a part two, episode 16 and 17. And in 17, I was recording part of that episode from the land of Kemet. I made my fifth pilgrimage there solo to experience the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, turning the wheel of time, so to speak, in December of 2020. And that was such a profound time, such an important time. And one of the things that I was tracking in my astrology with that great conjunction was that in that chart, When Jupiter met up with Saturn on December 21st, that winter solstice of 2020, Pallas Athene, the goddess Pallas Athene, who's the goddess of the high mind, Athena, and she is an important asteroid goddess. And I have in part of my work that I do is love to relate these asteroid goddesses to their more ancient forms. And I believe Pallas Athene is a representation of Neet. And Neet is this beautiful weaver goddess. She's a cosmic mother. And I've studied her quite a bit through one of the temples in Egypt that I actually did extensive work graduate level research um, when I was in the midst of my Master of Arts in Cultural Astronomy and Astrology. So this Asna Temple is on one level very much dedicated to Khunam, who is this creator god. He sits on the potter's wheel and he creates through clay, through form. And his consort, one of his consorts is Neat who creates through spoken word, through weaving spells of magic. And she's quite profound and one of my favorite goddesses for sure. Her 
symbol is the Nadine shuttle. And if you trace the mythology of Athena, there is a connection to her and Nadine as well. And both Neat and Athena have an association with uh, being warriors as well. So when that great conjunction occurred, Pallas Athene, aka Neat, in my opinion, is at four degrees 30 arc minutes of Aquarius. And I was tracking this, how it was Pallas Athene who really led the way into Aquarius from Sagittarius before Jupiter and Saturn shifted. So when this great conjunction happened, I had taken a moment to research where some of the other asteroids were located. And at that exact moment, when Jupiter and Saturn met up, there was the asteroid Isis, the asteroid Osiris, and the asteroid Neat. And Isis was at four degrees, five arc minutes Aquarius. Osiris was at four degrees, 20 arc minutes Aquarius, and Neat was at 4 degrees, 54 arc minutes Aquarius. Meanwhile, as I mentioned, Pallas Athene was at 4 degrees, 30 arc minutes Aquarius. Literally, Isis, Osiris, and Neat were all merged with Pallas Athene. And for me, as someone who has been woven deeply into the mystery of the Egyptian cosmology in the last however many years it has been. It feels like it's been a lifetime because there's so much that has happened for me personally. And what I've discovered is how I've taken the time to go back through some of my old journals from when I was in college in my 20s, which is two decades ago. And I was writing about some of these very things like I knew about Neat then and I didn't remember that I knew about her. And when I was in my 30, my when I had just turned 30 and my daughter was born and um, I was doing an herbal immersion with one of my teachers, Gail Faith Edwards, who's amazing. And we were asked to pick a goddess and a plant to be our allies. And it, it's just incredible to go back and see how my life has all consolidated around the divine feminine and very much so around Isis and Neat as well. And there's this gorgeous bird lady from pre-dynastic Kemet, the Nakata period. I got to know her when I was in undergraduate school at Hampshire College and I was studying about Paleolithic and Neolithic goddesses. And she is exquisite. She will be on the cover art. Well, actually, I would like to put her on the cover art, but I don't think I can do that because um, copyright issues. So <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I don't <laughs> want to honor copyright issues. I was just thinking, gosh, I would love to have to make this the cover art for this episode. I will, I will create a link for her in the show notes. 
She currently resides in the Brooklyn Museum, and I've had the great honor of seeing her in person, and she is so beautiful. However, I'd personally love to see her back in her rightful homeland. And as I mentioned, I got introduced to her when I was in academic study of the Paleolithic and Neolithic goddesses in the early 2000s. When I was learning about this bird goddess from the Nakata period and pre-dynastic Kemet, it was around the time of the previous Great Conjunction. So there was a Great Conjunction in 2020, and before that, the, the previous one was in 2000. And I think that that's pretty fascinating. So this goddess is dated to be around the time period of 3500, 3400 BCE and came from a time of pre-dynastic Egypt, which is around somewhere between 4400 to 3100 BCE. And they found within these graves that belong to non-elite people, they found all sorts of beautiful objects that one might consider folk art, including handcrafted pottery um, and other beautiful sculptures. And so the, the bird goddess was found in there as well as a ceramic jar or cup with red polished clay and a black rim. And it's interesting that it has that black rim because, as we know, the land of Kemet means black land. Black meaning fertile, rich, and very, very nutrient-dense. So I found it pretty interesting how neat was so woven in with Isis and Osiris, the moment of that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, the Great Conjunction. And that was a piece that I really brought forth as we entered into this Aquarian age on another level, another frequency. This Sagittarius supermoon that comes up in June reminisces of that time on some level. And it is a beautiful time to really be in the here and now, not in the past, not in the future. The affirmation that goes with this is, I am open to good fortune in my life. And really being willing to receive from that infinite space of the divine feminine wisdom. With full moons, the peak of light and total illumination allows one to arrive at culmination, to celebrate, to be seen, and to claim visibility. I think it's important to take a moment and once more acknowledge the potency of the Taurus partial solar eclipse on April 30th and that dragon's tail with the Scorpio full moon. These eclipses, although the eclipse portal is complete on some level, these eclipses this year in particularly really thread together. And before we know it, we will be in that Samhain eclipse portal. 
This is a time for really essential ancestral clearing to take the leaps that we're being asked to in life, to have courage, to let go, to dissolve, and again, to be present, to be present in these moments, to understand that through our presence, we are actually able to draw forth our wisdom and our power from all timelines into this now moment. It is like being this holy hologram. And it gives us this opportunity to be a holy vessel for that beautiful energy that wishes to flow through us. Technology is a great tool and it also can very much take us out of being present in the full moment. And so to be a holy vessel means to, on some level or another, really simplify our lives and to enjoy the elements and to sit with the water and to sit on the earth and gaze at the stars and look at the sun and look at the moon and swim in our local waters and walk barefoot on the earth and feel the breeze on our arms. These are important ways to be a child of the cosmos, to be a child of the earth all at once. May we remember that despite the perceived chaos and confusion, that together we are architecting the new earth with each breath. May each one of us trust in the web of life and draw in greater peace and loving kindness in these butterfly times. Together we are architecting the new earth. I pray that as you move through this liminal Gemini season, that you're able to draw in stability, peace, and more loving kindness. We may only achieve unity consciousness as individuals who are willing to dive into the depths of our own great psyche awareness, which ultimately requires each one of us to take radical responsibility for our vibration, for our frequency. May there be peace to the east, may there be peace to the south, may there be peace to the west, may there be peace to the north, may there be peace deep into the heart of Mother Earth, and may this peace radiate out through the cosmos, through time and space, and thread back through each one of your hearts in these times. Thank you so much for circling up for another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. Blessed be. Please take a moment to create a space where you can go into meditation. So if you're operating any heavy machinery or not able to be present, pause here. There are timestamps in the show notes, which you can always find on my website, starsstonesandstories.com. And then you just click on each episode and you'll see notes and you click on the notes and that will give you all of the timestamps. So come back to this when you're able to be present. 
And as you're preparing your space, make sure that you're comfortable, your biological needs have been cared for, your device is off or on silent, and you're warm enough, you're able to come seated or lie down on your back. And just take some nice, long, deep breaths. Close the eyes and begin to allow a nice warm wave of relaxation to roll through your body, beginning at the soles of the feet, entering in through the soles of the feet and circling up through the ankles, moving up through the legs and the knees and the thighs and the buttocks and the pelvic bowl up through all of your digestive organs and the layers of your spine, your lungs and your heart, all the way up to the shoulders, rolling, cascading down through the arms, down the elbows, down into the wrists and the fingertips. And this warm wave of relaxation continues back up the arms, back through the shoulders, up into the neck, the back of the head and the throat and the jaw, deep into the root of your tongue, into the root of your nose, deep into the optic nerves and the space between the eyebrows. Every bone in your face and your body relaxes and every hair on your head and your body relaxes. The bones of who you are merge with the bones, the stones of Mother Earth. Begin to draw a nice long deep breath up from the core of Mother Earth. And as you exhale, allow that breath to fill up your body from the base of your spine to the crown of your head. And now inhale a nice long deep breath from the cosmos. And as you exhale, bring that breath down through the crown of the head all the way to the root of your spine and again inhale deeply from the core of mother earth and exhale into your vertebrae into your whole spinal column your nervous system again inhale from the cosmos and exhale And now begin to imagine from the base of the spine and the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet, imagine a cord of red, golden, silver light coming out from these spaces and beginning to spiral down, 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 deep, deep down into Mother Earth, to the core of Mother Earth, Tara Gaia, where great grandmother hematite sits anchoring you, connecting you to this lineage stone 
welcoming in the seven generations who've come before you and the seven generations yet to come, welcoming the time-bending possibilities of your ancestors and your descendants all merging here and now through this holy vessel that is you. And through this awakening, you feel that pulse of the heart of Mother Earth coming up through these cords of light into the core of who you are, entering in through your base chakra, your root chakra, and you begin to feel the Earth's Akasha, the DNA of Tara Gaia, merging with your Akasha, your unique Akasha. And as you focus at the base of your spine, your root chakra, you begin to feel yourself connecting in with the root chakra of Mother Earth, going to Mount Shasta in Northern California in the United States, connecting in with this root of foundation, stability, where the subterranean creates home, safety, stability, so that the system all of the systems may find relaxation and true abundance and prosperity in this lifetime. And so as you connect in with the root of Mother Earth, you connect in with your root chakra, your base chakra, that red wheel of light, and you begin to see it spinning. And you trust the direction, whether it is clockwise or counterclockwise trust your natural instinct how it needs to flow in this now moment and as it spins faster and faster any debris just is moved away and as you follow this wheel of light the spiral of light you bring your awareness up to your womb center the hara Regardless of gender, all beings have this sacred womb center, the sacral chakra, this orange wheel of light. And at the same time, you find yourself drawn to Lake Titicaca in South America, the center of creativity, of sexuality, of the emotional balance, of fertility, of pure inspiration the heart of the divine feminine sits here in this gorgeous sacred lake on earth and you feel yourself cleansing the waters of lake titicaca cleansing your womb space your hara space cleansing moving through you and you connect deeply feeling this wheel of light moving through you orange wheel of light spinning 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 and allowing as it spins any old paradigms around creativity and creation and sexuality and the emotions and the feminine that are within you that are ready to be dislodged allow them to from here 
you draw your awareness up to the solar plexus, to this golden yellow wheel of light. And immediately you draw your awareness to Uluru and the Olgas in Australia. This radiant solar sun that connects with the divine masculine frequency, this place of confidence, of inner power, personal power, purpose, full energy. And you feel, you feel yourself connected here and now and you see this wheel of light spinning in whatever direction you find it wants to spend and again the debris the old stories the old paradigms that are ready to move through and out of your sphere your energetic body your physical body your mental body your emotional body so be it and so it is done And from here, you draw your awareness up to your heart space, to this green wheel of light. Below it sits this beautiful pink luminescent orb of light. But you bring your awareness back to the green wheel of light and you find yourself drawn to Avalon, to Glastonbury in the United Kingdom, as well as Stonehenge. And you find yourself drawn to the heart of Mother Earth. You find yourself dancing within a field of pure love and compassion, forgiveness, and in turn the ability to give unconditionally, altruistic brotherhood, sisterhood, connection, the high heart frequency comes through here and now allowing you to dislodge any old wounds around the heart, removing the parts, the pieces, the paradigms that are ready to be shed, to be let go of. And you see your green wheel of light spinning, spinning, spinning as you connect deep, deep down through the tour into the heart of Avalon. And you feel this sense of home and love and acceptance. And you bring your awareness up to the throat chakra. And you see this blue, beautiful sapphire blue wheel of light. And it begins to spin more and more with your awareness as you find yourself drawn to the great pyramid and sphinx in Giza, Egypt, Kemet. And you feel yourself as you're drawn to this sacred land, you feel your center of communication and your ability to express yourself, to speak, to seek, to receive the truth fully activated as this blue wheel of light spins and spins. All the old ancient paradigms around the throat, around your voice that are ready to be shed and let go of, it is done. 
and you find this wheel of light spinning faster and faster. From here, you bring your awareness up to the third eye, to this indigo wheel of light. And you find yourself drawn to Kui Malek Sia in Iran, to the third eye of Taragaya, Mother Earth. And as you're drawn to this landscape, you find your own inner eye, the space between your two eyebrows, vibrating, pulsating, opening, clearing, cleansing the distortion timelines and paradigms that have captured humanity through the television, through the media, through the mass production of information. And at this time, you find yourself drawn to your truth, to the earth's truth, in this symbiotic dance. This indigo wheel of light spins and spins and spins. And from here, you find your awareness drawn up to the crown of your head, simultaneously drawn to Mount Kailash in Tibet where you connect in through the template, the timelines, the ley lines, the dragon lines, the fairy lines, through Mother Earth, Gaia's grid, Terra Gaia's grid, to the highest levels of wisdom, of divine guidance, cosmic consciousness. You find yourself, your crown, this violet wheel of light spinning, spinning healthfully, all old distortion timelines dropped, dissolved, terminated, so that the pure cosmic consciousness is able to come through. And you notice all seven wheels of light that sit within your body spinning healthfully, taking into account the many other chakra points we have, feeling yourself in a symbiotic dance with Mother Earth, feeling yourself in the sacred movement, this pulse as you inhale from Mother Earth. Feel that breath moving up through the vertebrae and exhale. Inhale from the cosmos and exhale through your body. And as you continue to lay and relax, allow yourself to journey even deeper through these wheels of light, feeling how connected, woven they are with Mother Earth's wheels of light through all the ley lines, dragon lines, fairy lines, timelines. Feel yourself connected through these timelines and these ley lines, these meridians through your body and the earth's body connected with your sisters and brothers around the earth. Those who are consciously calling in this cosmic energy, just as you are here and now, as we're moving toward this great conjunction, this most potent astrology that is 
so easily, so gracefully, so elegantly dissolving the old narratives. Trust in the process, trust in the process, trust in the process, knowing that all is in divine order.
May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. Dive in with me at earthseedtemplearts.com and you can follow me on Instagram at earthseedtemplearts. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we as individuals awaken to the reality that each one of us is a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.